0: It's The Breakfast Show. Blair and Mon here today instead of Blake and Lawson. They'll be back. Um, I think tomorrow Lawson comes back and then, uh, yeah, I'll leave it up to him after that. Hey, let me hit with another clue for the quiz real quick so you can have some time to think about it. What city am I? I'm really sorry. I did change them, the, the, the city, uh, partway through the show. So I'm sorry if you started, if you started out, listening to this the, the beginning of the show and then everybody really just tuned back in. It's a different quiz because, um, Mon did a moron and, uh, picked up the wrong clue, clue cards, a quiz card. So what city am I? This town located on the Mount of Olives is where Jesus wept. It's that famous, uh, short verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. This is the town where that happened. So the Mount of Olives is where Jesus wept. What town is that? Give us a text or a call, 0491 064 669. Get yourself into the prize door that is happening tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning they'll be spinning the wheel and pulling out one name from the hat for the winner to receive. Uh, the two books sent, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing uh, by E.G. White and, and Thoughtful Hour, Tracing the Final Footsteps of Jesus by Jerry D. Thomas. It's a really lovely set, honestly. Whoever gets that, just gonna be so so blessed.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, I am so excited to read out some text messages. <laughs> oh, and, oh wow! So many people have already gotten the um, the quiz answer right. Bruce and Liz, you've gotten it right for the second time today. I might add, Bruce and Liz, good on you. <laughs> um, Frecko, you got it right. Greg, you got it right. Braden, I'm not sure if that's the same thing. It's very, very similar to the um the spelling answer on our on our quiz here. Um, so I think you're on the right track. Maybe I don't know if it's a different way of saying that city name. I don't know. Anyway, so also coming in from uh, oh, by the way, Maggie, thank you so much for sending those pictures of those puppies. They are just scrumptious. They're so adorable. I am taking all puppy donations at this time. So um, if anyone has a dog they want to donate, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> um, thank you, Muggy. That really, this really made my morning. Braden, he says, fully agree with the premise of what you are saying, Mon, and parents should be parents and stop acting as babysitters. I see it so often, unfortunately, even closer to home these days, that children are being given unsupervised time on technology um whoops hang on just scrolled away adults can often barely use social media appropriately so what chances do kids have that's so true that's so true if adults can't control themselves on social media how are they going to pass on the the concept of self-control to their kids um and hope that the kids can control themselves it's a hundred percent true i th- I mean i do think that we need to give ourselves a little bit of slack like this technology is fairly new and we are having to learn how to incorporate something into our lives that we did, you know, didn't even exist or just you know, a short little while ago. So I guess there will be a learning curve. Um, but, yeah, definitely need some self-control there. Braden also says, ha oh, Mon, I listened to that same video a moment ago. Uh, that was the uh, pronunciation video I accidentally pressed play on. Braden says, also, <clears throat> Shell, really loving the music choices again. Good on you, DJ Shell. Good jobs. Dropping the tunes, making them spin. Uh, and I think that's all our text messages for today. Oh, no, hang on. That would be a result of me using dictation to write my messages. No worries, Brayden, we understand. (laughs) Thank you so much for your text messages, everyone. Uh, If you have anything you want to chime in on, feel free, 0491 064 669. As I said, uh, definitely taking any pictures of anyone's dogs. Uh, Hey, it is time for our encounter with God. Uh, possibly. Thank you so much for coming in and helping us out with that one. Are we going to be continuing on what we talked about yesterday?
1: We are. Oh, we've nice. also some a new focus as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we. I mean, yesterday we were exploring the idea of uh, the judgment, and I guess this whole week's unpacking the theme of the judgment. Uh, we've been looking at the three angels' messages, mm-hmm. and uh, in the first angel's message, it, the the very first message that goes out, it says, "Fear God and give glory to Him." For the hour of his judgment has come. And we noted yesterday that, you know, all throughout scripture, the Bible writers are saying, when will you judge the lo- the world, O Lord? When will the judgment come? Because the judgment is seen as God's method or way of bringing, restoring justice to the world. And, and you know, with so much injustice, with so much pain and suffering that we encounter in our day-to-day lives, uh, this this has been the cry of the righteous' heart. When will you judge the Lord, the world, Lord? And so, while the judgment is always pictured in future tense in most of Scripture, when we read the first, the three angels' messages, uh, we, we see that the judgment is now present tense for the first time. And so, the judgment, it says, uh, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. So, no longer is it future, but the judgment has begun. And we looked yesterday at how... Um, this the this these three angels' messages are God's last day message to prepare the world for His second coming, and that as students of Bible prophecy, we know that the judgment, the pre-advent judgment, began in 1844, October 22 at the fulfillment of the 2,300 day prophecy of Daniel 8:14, and so um, this judgment has begun. The Bible tells us, and the three angels' messages are being preached. Uh, in the context of a present tense judgment in other words uh, when Jesus comes back he comes with his rewards all of the decisions of who will be in heaven and who will uh, not be in heaven have been made prior to his return and at his return um, they you know the righteous are caught up into the air the dead in christ are raised you know that whole scene they go to heaven um, but the wicked stay in their graves or perish at his coming and uh, and we see that The rewards, Jesus comes with his rewards, and all of the decisions for eternity have been made. So where have they been made? When have they been made? During this pre-advent judgment. So that's kind of the summary, the one-minute summary of yesterday's study. And we particularly focused in yesterday on Daniel chapter 7, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And we saw in Daniel chapter 7, that, uh, which is an amazing prophecy, awesome to study. If you haven't had the opportunity, check it out. Um, but this amazing prophecy that has four beasts that that um, outline the succession of kingdoms from Daniel's time in Babylon all the way through to the end of the age. Mm. And it goes through Babylon, Medo Persia, Greece, Rome, and um, papal Rome, or um, this kind of this religious politico phase of Rome as well. And so you see um, you see this amazing scene in Daniel chapter seven, which we focused on yesterday. Where, is, is a courtroom scene where Daniel's attention is drawn up to heaven and we see God on his throne sitting and having judgment. And this judgment was good news. It was this idea that uh, we can, uh, it, it's God's answer to the oppression uh, that takes place of God's people during this, that was told in this prophecy because in Daniel chapter 7 it, it foretells this time where this power would persecute the saints of the most high. And so Daniel is encouraged by God by seeing this scene of the judgment. So today we're going to kind of pick up on that and, and look again at another scene, another judgment scene in scripture, uh, which parallels in many ways, this Daniel seven judgment scene. And, um, yeah, we, we kind of talked yesterday as well about the fact that, um, Daniel has a companion book that goes hand-in-hand with it, uh, and that's the book of Revelation. And Revelation and Daniel are two um, uh, end-time prophecy books. They contain prophecies about the end times. And so we're going to look today particularly at the book of Revelation. So let's go to Revelation, and I'm going to get you to turn to chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to have a look here at one more scene Um, in Revelation chapter 4. So I might get you to read for us Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through to 4.
0: Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like Jasper and Carnelian, and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. Wow, that's right. Yes, quite the and scene.
1: It is quite the scene, isn't it? And do you see any parallels here between the scene we saw in Daniel chapter seven um, at all between Daniel seven and Revelation four? It's of yesterday that we read it, so <laughs> not yeah. Fresh they're sitting the on the throne. Yeah, there's a, yeah. yeah, it's a throne <laughs> scene, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's in heaven. And um, we see this case, in this case it's John instead of Daniel. Uh, and John sees an open door in heaven and he receives an invitation to come up here and I will show you the things uh, which must take place after this. This is verse 1 of chapter 4. And so we see this um, this invitation from God to come up and, and look into heaven, so to speak. <music> You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491 064 669. And Jesus uh, invites the Apostle John here to look through the open door in heaven's sanctuary and to view the eternal scenes in the great controversy between good and evil. And it's it's really remarkable that um, this is taking place and, and we too then get to look through that open door with John and receive a glimpse of the eternal plan of salvation and the mechanisms of how God brings that about. Uh, we become witnesses of the issues that are being decided in heaven's celestial court. And we see this this court scene described. Um, and fundamental issues of the great controversy between good and evil uh, take develop here before our eyes in this courtroom scene. Um, and so... Yeah, we, we, we kind of see, um, it says uh, in verse 2, I was in the spirit. So John was is uh, describing as being in in vision here, and he sees a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And you'll remember when we looked at Daniel chapter 7 yesterday that God's throne uh, was on wheels, <laughs> and the throne <laughs> was rolling around uh, in the heavenly sanctuary from compartment to p- compartment, depending on... Uh, what phase of Christ's ministry was was being addressed, and uh, and here too we see Christ, uh, we see God sitting on the throne, and um, there's this amazing, dazzling rainbow around the throne, um, which uh, a sign of God's righteousness, and um, and then we see twenty four elders uh, sitting around the throne with white robes, uh, with crowns of gold on their head, and and then. In verse five, we see this description of um, thunderings and lightnings and voices, and uh, and this is described as as God, uh, which is quite the, the voices of God. It says seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And so, yeah, you you have it's quite a remarkable scene. <laughs> um, it we get a glimpse into heaven here of of what, um, yeah, I mean what God's I mean, I can imagine if, if I was John seeing this scene, I'd be pretty overwhelmed.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
1: Pretty overwhelmed with the uh, the beauty and the grandeur, and you know, um, you know, even when angels appear to people in uh, in the Bible, what's the most common response when an angel appears to someone in the Bible?
0: They fall flat in their face. That's it. Hey? <laughs> yeah, they're just they're prostrate. St- they're
1: straight down, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they um, in in actually, funnily enough, even in the Book of Revelation you have John when he sees an angel messenger he falls down at the angel messenger's feet and starts to worship the angel mm-hmm. in uh, and the angel's like hey hey don't don't worship me i'm just a fellow servant a fellow mm-hmm. messenger like mm-hmm. you worship god alone right yeah. uh, but this is the response that we kind of get when we see scenes of you know of heaven mm-hmm. and of angelic beings it's it has such a uh, an, an impact on us as finite human beings that we a natural response is just just fall down to worship, to acknowledge something higher than than what we are, and um, and this is what we see John doing. Um, but here in in Revelation chapter four, um, it d- does describe uh, this interesting little segment, a little little bit here. Um, the, the the thunder and the lightning here is a symbol symbolizing God's judgments, and um, and we see the God the Father sitting on the throne, surrounded by these heavenly beings. Um, sitting in a in a context of judgment, and in verse four, I want to particularly um, draw something out here. Uh, can you read verse four for us again?
0: Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads.
1: So the, we see here a reference to twenty-four elders around mm-hmm. God's throne. Um, and the question I want to just consider for part of our study today is who are these twenty four elders um, in An interesting question that that jumps out of the text here and not something that we have a whole lot in scripture about mm. um, but um but certainly students of of the Bible have tried to understand who these twenty four elders could be and and there's been several ideas that have kind of emerged as as Bible students have tried to wrestle with this. Uh, and you know, there's some theories. Um, one of the th- there's probably four or five major viewpoints. Um, but one of the viewpoints is that the 24 elders are a symbolic representation of the Levitical priesthood of ancient Israel. Because of course, in Israel, um, there was uh, there was 24 um, uh, divisions in the Levitical priesthood, mm-hmm. and so this number corresponds with the 24 elders and the job or the role of the the Levitical priesthood was to um, intercede on behalf of humanity um, to represent humanity to God here in these um, uh, in the in the Old Testament Levitical priesthood system and so some have suggested that this could be um, a symbolic representation of this Levitical priesthood um, or whereas others have said well maybe, Maybe not so much because you know after Jesus came um, then after you know there was the Levit- Le- Levitical priesthood was um, finished, right the veil was torn when Jesus died on the cross and uh, and the Bible says that we don't ha- we have one mediator between God and man, um, the man Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, some have, have considered maybe it could be a symbolic representation of the Levitical priesthood. Um, others have suggested that it could be a symbolic representation of the headship of the church because, again, uh, with the number 24 here, uh, if you think of the leadership of the church in the Old Testament and the New Testament, mm. um, you had 12 tribes of Israel, right, yeah. in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we had a number, another um Another number twelve, with the twelve apostles.
0: Oh, true! And yeah. so
1: the twelve apostles and the twelve um, okay, tribes yeah. of Israel represent, or some have suggested, could represent here um, the the headship of the church, the leadership of the mm-hmm, church, mm-hmm. and um, and this these twenty four elders that are before God and worshiping could be a symbolic representation of the headship of the church, the leadership of God's church. These these people that are, are worshiping God here. Um, and so they're seen as a symbolic figures um, of instead of saints who are in heaven, so to speak. Um, so yeah, these are kind of two of the two of the theories that have emerged around um, the twenty four elders being symbolic representations. Um, but there's also some discussion about whether, rather than a symbolic discussion uh, or or representation, these elders actually could be. Um, could be literal beings instead of a symbolic representation, and so there's there's several theories around that too, um, and um, which we can just briefly explore. Uh, one of the ideas is that the twenty four elders could be the resurrected saints um, oh. who ascended with Christ to heaven, and so um, this this idea is uh, is we, we find in scripture that when Jesus um, was crucified. Uh, He actually, uh, something really amazing happened. Actually, we might go to a Bible verse for this one. Can you go to, um, turn for me to Matthew chapter 27. And in Matthew chapter 27, I'm going to get you to read a verse, uh, well, several verses from verses 50 to 53 for us. um, And we're going to see a little scene here of what happened when Jesus died on the cross.
0: Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. So this is an interesting little
1: element or feature of God's story, right? When When that veil was torn, when Jesus died on the cross... The Bible actually tells us that many saints were resurrected. Many mm. righteous were raised from the dead. And Christ spent 40 days on earth after his resurrection. And during these 40 days, he united with the disciples. He strengthened their faith. He um, gave them instructions in relation to the gospel commission and preaching of the, those sorts of things. And then he ascended to the to be in heaven with his father. And um, we... We know that Christ didn't ascend alone. He went with the resurrected saints as first fruits of his work of redemption for the human race. Uh, And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. It says that um, uh, that is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. And so we see Jesus here when he was raised, uh, when he went up to heaven, he led a crowd of captives up, these 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 resurrected saints, he took some as the first fruits of his ministry to demonstrate that he'd broken the power of death. And so, in this context, um, we some have suggested that these twenty-four elders could be some of these literal resurrected saints uh, who are here worshiping God in the throne room of heaven. Um, and so, yeah, they've they've kind of um, advocated that this is um, th- th- these twenty-four elders are resurrected saints who ascended with Christ to heaven. Uh, an interesting theory, and we'll look at a few more in just a minute.
0: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
1: So we're going to continue with our Encounter with God Bible study, and we've been looking at the 24 elders in Revelation chapter 4, and we are going to continue exploring uh, who these 24 elders may be?
0: Right after I give you the final clue for this quiz. Let's hear it. What city am I? Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were from this city. It's your last chance 0491064669.
1: This is not the last one, is it? Last, or is that the last clue? Last clue for this right, quiz, yeah. Gotcha. So
0: Lazarus, Mary, and Martha f- were from this city. And tomorrow is the last opportunity to get into this week's prize draw. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's go back to our 24 okay, elders. This let's is do very it. exciting. Let's stuff. do it.
1: Yeah, well, we're trying to figure out, yeah, we're looking at these different ideas of who these 24 elders may be uh, in this judgment scene in Revelation chapter 24. And us, uh, so not 24. 24, keep the number. Re- Revelation 4. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've considered the idea that uh, perhaps they could be a symbolic representation of the Levitical priesthood. Perhaps they could be a symbolic representation of the headship of the church with the um, 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles. Perhaps they could be the resurrected saints uh, who ascended with Christ to heaven. And another idea that Bible commentators uh, have explored or looked at is that the 24 elders could be representatives of the unfallen worlds. Now, um, the Bible does tell us uh, that, the, in, in the unf- that there are unfallen worlds. Uh, Earth, of course, has fallen into sin Uh, We, Adam and Eve, when they took the fruit, they sinned against God and we fell into sin, right? The fall, Genesis chapter 3, and um, really quite the tragic story. But we see in the Bible that there are worlds that God created that haven't fallen into sin, the unfallen worlds. Uh, And one text where we see this is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. We read, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by prophets, hath in these last days... Spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds plural, and so we we have this idea in scripture uh, here and in in several other places that there are worlds that God created, earth is not the only place, um, but earth is the only place that has fallen into sin, and so uh, perhaps these twenty four elders could be representatives from unfallen worlds who haven't fallen into sin. They may have a they have a tree of knowledge of good and evil, um, but they never took of it as mm. Adam and Eve did, and, uh, and and
0: after looking at us, why would they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, the Bible says that we are a spectacle unto mm-hmm. angels and to men. Right, that we the, the unfallen worlds and all of heaven is looking on to what is happening in this 6,000 yeah. experiment with sin and saying, no, <laughs> no
0: way, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Do not proceed.
1: <laughs> Don't take the same course of action. And this really is the co- great controversy theme, right, that we, uh, we're we seeing the battle between good and evil play out and that, that it's really a cosmic drama that's demonstrating uh, and and we'll look back on in times into eternity, in heaven, and we'll look back and we'll... This is why, by the way, Nahum predicts that sin will never arise a second time. Because once this great controversy has been wound up, once uh, victory has been gained once and for all, and that great white throne judgment takes place, and sin and death is finally destroyed forever, as we have looked at, uh, once that takes place, sin will never arise again. Though we'll still have freedom of choice, and we theoretically could sin, Uh, We won't because we've seen the impact, the results of it. And all the unfallen worlds and all of heaven have seen Satan's experiment with sin play out. And we're going to be like, we never want to go back -uh, to that again. Definitely not. Um,
0: Hey, Raphael's just sent him a message. He said in revelation 17, we have the woman riding the beast, which we know is the papal church. Who or what is the beast she is riding? According to your understanding.
1: Oh yeah. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, so yeah, we won't probably won't be able to explore that one in full depth because of the um, uh, <laughs> because we're because of the uh, the topics we're trying to get through here. But I would I would encourage further study of that passage because it absolutely relates to us in these last days, and it's um, a corrupt power that we mm. we want to stay mm-hmm. away from. So yeah, we'll probably take that one to notice and explore that in more depth. Uh, but thank you for texting that through. So let me ru- let me run through and. Uh, quickly in the last few minutes here, explore these last two ideas. Um, So it could be um, the 24 elders here could be the representatives of these unfallen worlds. And, um, and this is what some students of the Bible have suggested. Uh, And one last one that I'll look at is that the 24 elders uh, could be, and some have suggested they could be a group of the highest angels in heaven that minister in a special way for the salvation of, of mankind, and um, uh, several uh, Bible study students have given uh, support for this idea, um, and suggested that um, these twenty-four elders—you know—they're pictured in Revelation fourteen, uh, if we uh, in the in the pat- oh, sorry, not fourteen, Revelation four here, as having crowns of gold on their head, uh, wearing white thrones, and uh, in Revelation chapter five as well, it just gives a further description of these twenty-four elders and what they're doing. Um, and I guess probably in, in summarizing this, this, the, this topic of the 24 elders or studying it, I mean, we've, we've barely scratched the surface here, but just in, in kind of a a summary, so to speak, uh, whichever way we go with on these, um, these theories around the 24 elders, either way, any of these ways, it's good news, um, because These uh, um, people—it's they—they've—it's representing the redeemed from the earth and the throne of God, and so these people here um, are being uh, are being saved, and it's it uh, you know if if it's representatives of of, or if it's the people that ascended with Christ to heaven, um, they face temptations just as we have, and they're uh, through the grace of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit they overcame. Uh, We can take a lot of confidence from whichever theory we go down with on these um and i think that the the, you know they're pictured there with golden crowns on their heads in revelation chapter four um signifying victory over the battle of evil and that they're a part of heaven's royal line of faith-filled believers and so all of these things should give us confidence and should give us hope that um that we can have security we can have victory with in this battle of evil and we have um Yeah, we can be secure in our relationship with Jesus. Um, In this throne scene, we see um, the throne in heaven. We see God sitting on it. uh, We see these heavenly beings, these 24 elders, whoever they are, around the throne. And I love how it then goes on uh, in verse 11. And I'll get you to read verse 11 for us um, because something takes place... where everyone joins in. Read read Revelation 4 verse 11 for us.
0: You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased.
1: So all of heaven, uh, in this scene here around the throne, all of heaven begins to sing and praise builds higher and higher, and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Uh, And they acknowledge God's creatorship over the world. Um, Everything exists and moves and has its being through God. And um, I think that's just such a beautiful scene uh, that culminates in this throne room um, image that we get, uh, where we see every every single person acknowledging God's supreme, uh, acknowledging his goodness, his creatorship. And ultimately, this is what we see happens in the great white throne judgment also, uh, when every knee will bow, even those that have opposed God, every single person acknowledges that God is good and just and true, Amen. and this is a part of the the judgment that um, that again is another reminder of why the judgment is good news. Um, so yeah, I think um, an interesting another interesting courtroom scene here in Revelation chapter four that gives us an insight into the judgment and helps us to see that god 's ways are best and that his judgment is true.
0: Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Quite a few messages enjoying the music this morning. Uh, Blair, I'm going to be giving away the quiz answer right about now. Oh, yeah. What city am I? It was, let me turn this upside down, Bethany. So Bethany is the home of Simon the Leper, um, Jesus had expensive perfume poured on his head in Bethany. After Jesus led the disciples out of Bethany, he ascended into heaven. Bethany, uh, located on the excuse me Mount of Olives, is where Jesus wept, and Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were from Bethany. So, good job to everyone who got that right. Have you been to Bethany?
1: No, I'd love to go over to the Bible lands, but I have not yeah. made it there yet.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go as well. I think, I think Lawson. Has Lawson? No. I know that Blake and Lyle have done the Bible Lands tours and they love to talk about it. (laughs) Rightfully so. I'd love to talk about that too if I'd (laughs) gone. Yeah, they
1: love to to rub it in that we haven't been. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got some text messages to read out from some um, of our listeners. Uh, Freco says, those who rose in Jesus make sense to me. That's in um, reference to who the 24 elders are. Uh, Raphael says, well done. You have covered the 24 elders with all the possibilities. Funny enough, there was a time when the thought was in fact that they were the resurrected saints. Only in the last few years, there have been a number of new ideas, at least in the SDA church. I have been in SDA going on 40 years. I appreciate... That you are talking about all the ideas out there in Christianity, I think you covered the resurrection. We did, yeah, that was number three. Yeah, yeah. I guess as at the moment, no, there's no real way to know for sure who the twenty-four elders are. So yeah, but lots of good options. Well, yeah,
1: you got to, you know, you got to. I just kind of surveyed all of them today, but you got to dig deep and study deep. Everyone will come to their conclusion. I think there's a stronger, stronger points than others there. Um, yeah. Are you
0: willing to go on record saying which one you think I think, think we'll, is?
1: we'll encourage our readers to do so. <laughs> I, will, I will recommend some great resources, though. There's a great study guide by Elder Stephen Bohr and a great one by White Horse Media that's out there that, that kind of explore these in more details.
0: Okay, nice. Uh, Brayden said, Had someone questioned me on this topic, um, this very topic, but I couldn't remember any Bible verse. So apart from Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 2, what are some other verses?
1: uh on what topic Hebrews 1 verse 1 to 2 what what was that
0: uh, I think I think he's talking about the 24 elders uh Braden, we're doing the 20 uh 20 million movement so you can actually just grab that uh, information from the the lesson pamphlet I'm guessing what it's called so uh, for those of you who don't know what the 20 million movement is uh every quarter the Seventh-day Adventist Church um, prints a Sunday guide uh, on a particular topic and then um all together the uh, the church around the world, members around the world, get their hands on the copies of these pamphlets, um, these study guides, and we study them every day and uh, and every week we come together at church on Sabbath and we study them together. So you're... that's right. And
1: today's one was from that study guide. Yeah, right, so, exactly.
0: Absolutely. So, um, Braden, uh, grab your lesson pamphlet. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't have one, uh, if you go to your local Seventh Day Adventist church, they'll be very happy to give you one. Or I think you can maybe Sabbath order them online. School,
1: sabbath.school. Yeah, yeah, you yeah there online, you go. And you get it yeah. for free on the website.
0: Oh, Braden says that was in relation to there being other worlds. Sorry, ah,
1: uh, yes, there. Okay, that's correct. There are other passages that um, in Hebrews that also speak of other worlds. That's right.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much to everyone who sent in text messages, and a special huge thank you to anyone who sent in pictures of dogs. Um, 064669 <laughs> six 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 somebody sent me a message in the last song Reagan actually told me that in Sydney um, next week there's going to be a pop-up store not a pop-up store but a pop-up <laughs> store it's being organised by the um the Blind Dogs uh, Guides Associ- Guide Dogs Association and you can for $5 you can go to this cafe and pat um, golden retriever puppies and now I just want to get in my car and drive to Sydney that's <laughs> awesome I'm 100% support <laughs> that course five bucks to pat puppies for half an hour, absolutely I would. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, thank you everyone for sending in messages. 0491 064 669 is our texting line. You can send in messages um, all throughout the day, and uh, we'll we'll get a hold of them. And um, and yeah, maybe we'll read them out on air.
1: We're so glad you joined us today on the breakfast show. Talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
0: God.